When you encounter the pure love of Jesus, when you encounter love himself, like what love actually is, love in its purest form, which is God himself. So that is his essence. It's who he is. It's what he does. When you taste the pure love of God, you're like, oh, that's what love is. Hey, Jenna. Beth Davis. That's my name. I like that you're wearing the same outfit. Were you thinking about bringing a change of clothes? Well, I thought about it on the way here, but it's like, at this point, it is what it is, you know? So I I tried a new look. I put my hair up and uh, put on on my jacket. And I'm going to try to reinvent this exact same outfit for every episode. I'm going to try to change it up. Keep you on your toes. Oh, I see. Yeah. I got it. Mary's in the same outfit, too. You're in good company. I love her. Look at her. She's now in the doorway, framed (laughs) in the doorway. And I love that. I didn't move her over enough. Listen, I think it's prophetic. Mary is is opening the door. Wow. We're coming across the threshold. There's something there. There's Mm, Do you know what I'm saying? Not quite there yet. There's something there. Here she is. She's leading us through the door. And Jesus is the door. I'm the gate for the sheep. That's what he said. Okay, let me tell you on that note. <laughs> okay. I have this image in prayer often now yeah. because Beth and I went to Israel um, in oh, March wow. of last year. Oh, wow. And one of the places we went yeah. was the Holy Pit. Yeah, that's right. Holy Jenna. Pit. The Holy Pit. The Holy Pit. P-I-T, Pit. It's near Peter's... St. Peter Gallicantu. Yes. That's the name of, of that the church. church. Oh, I Peter Gallicantu. Yeah. The Holy Pit. Yeah. Thanks. I don't know what Gallicantu is. I think it means the Holy Pit. <laughs> Maybe I'm making that up. But We have to Google more things. We're always Googling. <laughs> we love Google. I love Google. This is not sponsored by Googs. <sighs> yeah. It's for the best. Yeah. So we went to this place called the Holy Pit. So the Holy Pit, just for context, historically was the jail for religious prisoners. It was probably on the the grounds of the home of of Caiaphas, who was the high priest. So it's where Jesus was held. Very cool. Didn't know that part. Yeah. So they brought him, if you've ever done like on Holy Thursday, the pilgrimage of seven churches, you're you're kind of walking all of the places, figuratively, you're making these same stops that Jesus made before the high priest, before Herod, before the Sanhedrin, you're kind of marking that. And so the Holy Pit is where Jesus was held overnight in between those appearances or or... Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ, there's a scene where Jesus is in like a pit cave thing area. Underground. Underground. Yeah. And he like looks up or something. I can't remember. Yeah. He's shackled, like his arms are above his head and and he's kind of suspended from the ceiling of this holy pit. And I think it's after the scourging and Our Lady comes in the movie and she lays her head on the ground. She kind of it's like she feels the presence of her son. She knows exactly where he is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She lays down on the like stone above where he's being held underground in this holy pit. Yes. So that's what this place is in St. Peter's Church. St. Peter Gallicantu. St. Peter Gallicantu Church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can actually go to the holy pit. You can descend like through the prison. So you'll see these other 
cells, for lack of a better word, they're like carved yeah. underground. But there is this one cell, the holy pit, where Jesus was held. And now, of course, we can descend by stairs kind of carved down into the pit. But above it, there's an opening where Jesus was lowered into the pit. So even as you're coming into the church, there's a mosaic of Jesus with the the rope kind of tied around his his chest, his waist, and it's how he was lowered into the pit. There was no other way in or out. So that's kind of what we saw in the Passion was that Jesus was suspended down there. That's insane. Yeah. So uh, the other rooms you could walk in and out of, but this one, you when you go in, you're looking up and you can see the hole where Jesus was lowered and then brought out. How painful, by the way, just to be lowered by ropes into the holy pit, into a pit. So we were in the holy pit, you know. I remember. Yeah, you were there. Mm-hmm. A lot of things happened there, but I'm going to skip those. I wish you wouldn't. (laughs) It's too long. It's too. We have to do a whole story time still on on the trip. But there was this one moment where I was in prayer with Mm -hmm. the Lord in the Mm -hmm. holy pit. And I was like, just imagining him there, Mm -hmm. imagining what his surroundings would be like in terms of what he might be feeling, right? Like the gravity of this moment. Yeah. I wondered something like, what were you doing? Is that what I said? What did you hear? Yeah, yeah. What did you hear? Because it's like in a cave looking thing. You're underground. So I'm like, what did you hear down here? And I felt in my heart him say, I heard you singing. (laughs) I can't, Jenna. And it was like so beautiful to me. Again, like the gravity of this moment was so profound and thick the weight of it yes that to hear him respond that to me was so personal and real and palpable and gut-wrenching all at the same surprising time surprising too didn't yes. it like take you by surprise totally yeah and just so beautiful to think that like my singing was consoling him mm-hmm. like my worship and seeing him and acknowledging him and and so I also like sing to my kids every time I put them to bed yeah like I sing Immaculate Mary to them not that that's what I think I was singing to the Lord I think it was mostly like you are holy like you're so good worship yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. just like pouring out my like affection and love and very much like consolation to him yes okay so that happened in Israel again like very it was a lot I've basically been praying there ever since and that was in March yeah so a couple weeks ago though I that image was kind of brought back to me in like a new fresh way Mm. and again I was there and I was with the Lord and and consoling him and like wiping his tears and holding his face and like loving him as he endured the pain, the loneliness, the anticipation of what was going to be coming for him. And it was, again, that mutual, that mm. both and. Mm-hmm. So in this moment in prayer a couple of weeks ago, we like switched places. And instead of me consoling him, he was standing there consoling me. And like in this darkness, he was wiping my tears mm. and holding my face and 
pouring out his affection for me, Mm. consoling me in a way that I've never felt consoled before by him. I've always thought of him as like a comforter and yeah. and the Holy Spirit is here and he's all around us and he he like wraps himself in us similar to like wanting a comforter. Beth always wants a blanket <laughs> <laughs> that like says something about the Holy Spirit on it. Yeah, yeah. Like a comforter, like yes. he were wrapped in him. Mm. But this is the first time that I felt like I was seeing eye to eye with one not even like fatherly, but like mm like a lover would or mm. like a the most pure intentioned husband the most perfect husband which is what yes. god is right yes. like just consoling me mm. seeing me knowing everything about me too mm-hmm. and like knowing how deep that consolation feels because he knows everything yes all this to say so that was really beautiful in prayer and and i'm just so grateful for this consolation, for seeing him, for looking him in the eyes. And I get the sense that kind of this scene is moving on, like Mm. we're moving away from this again in my imaginative prayer. And so we look over to the doorway to like kind of walk out of this area. Yeah. And there was Mary. Wow. Standing at the doorway. Mm. Just kind of standing guard, like Mm. protecting us, not letting anyone in or out for us to have this very sacred, vulnerable, profound moment. Like safeguarding your intimacy yes. with the Lord. How beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that's like Mary standing that, back there. That's <laughs> all of this was for that. You were just bringing it back around there to she is. Mary over standing our shoulder in the, in the door. <laughs> I love that. I love that that's where we went. I want to unpack that for an entire episode. Just. For your information, I have outlined an entire The Gathering Place podcast season yes, please. about our Holy Land pilgrimage. I was chatting with a friend after, I think it was the Frisco revival a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And she said to me, oh, yeah, that's when uh, you and Jenna went to the Holy Land, right? We haven't heard much about that. How funny. And I was like... No, you haven't. We haven't talked about it, even though I think about it every what was her single name? day. What a time. One day. Can't one day. Wait for that season to come out. God's I, will. I can't wait to tell that the full story of being in the, in holy, the holy pit. pit. For sure. It's too good. <laughs> too good. Just for the people. You and I talk about mm, everything, most things. Yeah. So I know that. I know about your prayer. Yeah. And I... Ditto. Man, when well, the I don't think Lord... I know about all of your prayer. You keep a, you keep a lot to your chest. I get a little bit more than most people, but not even everything. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I do, I as I was telling that, as I was talking about that like reintegration that I had. Yes. I Oh, I had told you that. Yes. I had told you that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, even though I already knew that. I feel that encounter that you had with the Lord in like my bones. I viscerally can feel that. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful when we have these experiences of His love, His presence, His mercy, a word. It just lands differently. Yeah. You feel it. It's more real than the chair that we're sitting in. You know? Mm-hmm. I know that you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, but we so easily forget it, too. It's brutal. Yeah. Truly. I actually feel like you... 
sharing that experience of prayer really is a, a perfect introduction to the verse of the psalm or kind of the movement of the psalm that we wanted to talk about today. So Psalm 23. Yep. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I didn't actually need to grab the Bible for this because we're not going to read the whole psalm. In fact, we're just, I would like to rest here and unpack just this first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because I think, I'm going to give it all the way up front. Mm-hmm. What we want <laughs> is what you experienced in the pit. Mm. We want intimacy. And I, I think even more so, we want to be consoled by the Lord. We want to experience His personal love, His understanding, His care. Uh, we want to experience his hands on our face where we feel so much that he is our good husband, our good shepherd who's in control in the most loving, capable way Mm. that he's doing it for us, that he's on our side. I think that's what we want. Well, I think that's interesting. I didn't want that. I didn't know that I needed that. Mm. Again, (sighs) like I've, I have been consoled by God as comforter. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I appreciate that he's with me. It, f- it feels, again, weighty. But I've never wanted more than that. Wow. Cannot relate. <laughs> that is all I want. Yeah. Like to be just known in that, like, free, mm-hmm. full, like a like a naked vulnerability. Yeah. Like there's nothing preventing me from receiving your love and there's I'm holding nothing back from him. Yeah. Yeah, that's It's almost like um Neil Armstrong, right? Like if he never knew that wow. space existed, he wouldn't want to go to it. It's like we don't even know the reality of what could be so we can't desire it because we don't know it yes i was i was literally having this conversation this morning very poorly trying to articulate what i think you're saying as well yeah when you encounter the pure love of jesus when you encounter love himself like what love actually is love in its purest form which is god himself And he defines himself that way. God is love, right? Uh, Well, I should say John the Apostle describes him that way. God is love. So that is his essence. It's who he is. It's what he does. And when when you taste the pure love of God, no hidden agenda or motivations, he's not trying to get something out of you, the fullness of it, the radiance of it, the the infinite nature of it. When you taste the pure love of God, you're like, oh, that's what love is. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought I knew what love was all this time. Yeah. But but this is what it actually is. It's not something better. I mean, it is objectively better. But it's that it, it it's so 
Yeah, because God is not like the highest among creatures. He's totally separate. He's the uncreated creator. So his love, what love actually is, this is just a it's just a a foretaste really if we're keeping the like tasting analogy. And it's also just a sliver. Yeah. Like to taste it is to want even more. Yes. I think we're actually even poorer than a sliver. Like, it's mm. not even an appetizer. It's like, it's almost like we can, I'm mixing metaphors here. Okay. It's almost like we can only smell it. Now, I'm not saying other people don't have more pure love in their relationships. I'm sure many of you do. But I would say I. it took me a long time. I'm only starting to kind of sniff out, oh, that's like real love. That's love like the Lord. Oh, you mean in real relationships? Yes, yes. Or in people relationships. People relationships. Got yeah. It. Okay, so you didn't know that you wanted this love because you didn't know it existed. Yeah. I think or that it was possible? I'm f- I'm fine. You know what I mean? Y- yeah. I mean, I hear you say this stuff <laughs> and I want to know what you mean and I've heard you say it often enough. Yeah. That I do know what you mean, but yeah. no, yeah. I don't know what you mean. I will take what I can get and, mm. like, be so grateful for that. Wow. So to get something even more than, like, the goodness that already was yeah, is, like, another layer of cake. I just feel like that's so humble and I'm just, like, so needy, you know, which I'm fine with. Yeah. We're supposed to be. Yes. So you don't identify with f- feeling needy. Yeah, I actually think it's really similar to the first verse in this psalm. Like, the Lord is my shepherd, and I don't want for anything else other than what he's giving me. But I also, I think that might be the sanguine in me. Mm. Like, I'm okay with, like, the way things are. Mm. I don't necessarily, or just, like, my personality. Like, I'm just cool with it. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't need or want more from this right now? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm also not living this verse exactly because like I want a lot. Okay. I mean, I want a lot of the Lord. Right. You know? Yes. I'm not like, oh, I've got the Lord. So like, I don't need anything else. I'm like, I want more of the Lord. Yeah. I don't know. This like desperate. Yeah. Like love me. And like, I want to pour out my love on you. Totally. It wasn't always like that, though, I would say. Yeah. I want a lot of things still. You know? Yeah. I have a hunger, I think, mm-hmm. just for life, mm-hmm. for love, you know? hmm We read this verse differently. hmm So I read it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to want for nothing. Like, I won't be in need. And you read it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like... I shouldn't want anything outside of the Lord. I think I read shall as will. So like, because I have the Lord, I will I will want nothing else. Mm-hmm. I just want the Lord. Like he is the ultimate satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So I don't want anything else. Yeah. I just have him. Yes. Yeah. But it, who knows? I it's don't know. so close. I mean, I'm thinking the Lord is my shepherd. I shall want for nothing. Point being... We read this differently. Yeah. It means different things to us. 
can we talk about maybe neediness? Okay. And how the Lord meets that need and then we don't ha- we don't have to want for other things because our needs are being met by the Lord. I think rightly ordered mm-hmm. it would be for me, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want my sin. Okay, well yes. That's 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 what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's all. Okay. So I I don't want that glass of wine, whatever your vice is, I yes. guess. Um, not saying wine is sinful. You know what I mean? I do know. Um, the Lord is my shepherd and like leads me by these still waters mm. and restores my soul. And so I don't want anything other than what he's given me. Like I don't envy what someone else has. I don't wow. desire something different than what my life is because he's my shepherd. He's led me to this. Mm-hmm. This is his will. Mm-hmm. So this is, I trust that mm-hmm. shepherd mm-hmm. more than my want. Yeah. So like a desire, a hunger for like satisfaction. Yes. Or comfort. You don't have to reach for these other things because you have the shepherd. Right. Yeah, he ultimately satisfies all of it. So I don't want anything else. Like the natural effect of this cause is that I don't want anything because I am ultimately satisfied. Can I push back on that a little bit? Because I agree. Right. With every fiber of my being, I have experienced that. That he satisfies me. He like calms me. That, you know, all of these like desires and like appetites, you know, will kind of like almost like the tide going out. Like Mm, it feels like, yeah, it feels like it's going to crush me and it's like encroaching. But like when I'm with the Lord and I'm like, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. Like he's everything. Then other things fade away. Yeah. Right? They recede. Yes. And yet, yeah. <laughs> it's not like they go away forever. Mm-hmm. I keep having to come back to the shepherd. Yeah. I keep having to like, I keep having the desires, the appetites, the temptations. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? I mean, that's, I guess, where I want to push back. Like, it's a nice ideal. And I'm in it with you. I'm not challenging you. I'm yeah, more yeah. just like unpacking it with you. Right. Because I think I feel the frustration for myself of... Like I've, I have experienced mm. viscerally the peace, the satisfaction, the contentedness yes. of being with the shepherd. And, and I think the longer you're with the Lord, the more history you build with the mm. Lord, the clearer his face becomes in prayer. That w- when turning to him, coming to him, becomes more of a reflex. Yes. We kind of drop into that place of satisfaction easier. But it's a struggle in the beginning to even like bring the things to him, Mm -hmm. much less receive the comfort and the consolation that he desires to give. Yes. So like how do we how do we do that? (laughs) What do I do when I want something outside of him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Asking for a friend. (laughs) 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 Hilarious. So like for me, for example, I 
want and feel that a vice of mine where I do this thing and the next day I feel guilty about have done it. Got it. Have do have done it. Yeah. So because of that guilt I feel and almost how out of control I feel when I engage in this, I do bring it to confession. It feels like a vice. Yeah. And for me, that would be drinking. Yeah. Maybe another way to say that is you feel like a an inordinate attachment. Yes. You can feel like, I think I want this more than most people. Yeah. yeah. Or this exercises some kind of control. This is like a carrot for me that I'm like, it's a reflex for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for an, an an example for me personally is if I want to turn to having a glass of wine or two or whatever at the end of a day because I feel deserving or I feel empty or I feel mm. lonely mm-hmm. or I feel like I want to be consoled by something and I turn to wine, Yeah, that would be me wanting that as opposed to wanting and being okay with the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so on days where that happens, <laughs> when I'm rightly ordered, right? Yeah. When when I'm instead working off the reflex of being with the Lord, yeah. choosing the Lord over choosing this want would be, okay, I'm going to pull out my prayer journal and put on some worship music mm-hmm. and just sit with him even though this is the complete opposite of what I want to do. It's almost like you're thinking clearly, like, okay, something's going on here, but what I actually need, I think I want wine, but what I actually need is the shepherd. And so I'm in my right mind. (laughs) So I know that it might take more effort, but actually I need to reconnect. Right. And once that connection happens, once I acknowledge you are my shepherd, once I'm standing at the foot of sitting at the foot of Jesus, pouring out my affection, devotion, love for him, then the wants dissipate. Totally. Like you said, I love that wave analogy. Then it fades. But the waves can feel incessant. Totally. When is the relief going to come from my attachment to X, Y, or Z? Yeah. When will that no longer be a reflex. There's so much here. Yeah. And I'm going to try to remember it all because I want to touch on all of it. But I think what I was kind of alluding to with like when you're in your right mind, mm-hmm. I think developing virtue helps with that. You know, sure, there, there are practical things, I guess, we can help ourselves with. But the reality is like, are you getting enough sleep? Are you hydrated? Like it's easier to be in your right mind and choose the good when your physical body is cared for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A- and when it's not, I think we're more we're more likely to reach for those wants that kind of keep us in like the language of St. Ignatius, like those lower movements. Mm. So we're kind of pulled more toward like lesser goods yes. or vices. But I like that, a lower movement. Yes. But when we're hydrated and like have had a little rest and some sunshine... <laughs> It's, I think, a little bit easier in the natural to choose the good. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I do think it was a really good instinct, too. I don't normally do this, but I should. I'm learning from you right now (laughs) to put on worship music. Yeah. Because. You feel like you're not alone. Wow. Like, I'm putting it on and I'm joining in. I'm talking about 
I'm not talking about recorded worship songs, to be clear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain? <laughs> You're I? talking about like listening to people in a worship service, like actively praying live streamed. I'm talking about someone in their in in a prayer. They call it a prayer room. Yeah. You're talking about prayer room. Yeah. Stop. You're not listening to contemporary Christian music. Correct. Radio Christian music. No. You are listening to somebody weeping <laughs> yeah. and saying, he's so good. Yeah. Worthy is the yes. Lamb. Jesus. That's what you're listening yeah, to. Yeah, I'm going to link it down below for everyone. <laughs> you're not listening to like upbeat pop, telling a story, radio, no. worship. Yeah, yeah, No. Yeah. You enter into prayer with someone else who's Correct. Praying. Got it. Yeah. Everything that I do in prayer, yeah. so my prayer journal, Divine Intimacy, a devotional, yeah. the Magnificat, yeah. prayer room, worship music, mm -hmm. is all a vehicle to get me into contemplative prayer, where it's just the Lord in me. Yeah, you're looking to hitch a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and then, kind of like we were talking about last week, when one thing hits you, it's like, boom, now I'm in. Now it's me and the Lord face to face. This is where I was trying to get. Yes. I can let all the other stuff go. It was all just, I was looking for the inspiration, the entry point. It's all just the vehicle to bring me to the place of encounter. Yes. So when I feel alone, like let's say I want that glass of wine because I feel alone. I feel lonely, like no one else around, whatever. Yeah. I want to like relax. Yeah. You know, I'm not alone. Like this person is like, I'm praying with this person mm -hmm. at the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Just our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. <laughs> you know? I do. I'm just like joining in this anthem of the church. Yeah. And really like their faith, their worship is like scaffolding. It's yes. lifting you up. It's fanning the flame too. Totally. I totally. have a little spark and I need some help sometimes yep. to just fan it. Yeah. Can we make this bigger? This is very good, Jenna. Yeah. That's not why I listen to worship. But it's so cool. You know, for me, I think worship is so important because it changes my mind. It changes my thoughts. Most worship is a declaration of God's word. And when I'm in my head or in my feelings, it's it, it's often because of what I'm meditating on. Yep. I love Mother Angelica. She says this thing. You sent me. It was a book that you were reading. Okay. Where she said... <laughs> You know how to meditate. You meditate all day long yeah. on your problems, on other people. And I was like, that is brilliant. So we true. have a meditation problem. We are ruminating, meditating. We are mulling over our worries, our problems, our insecurities. And for me, the Lord is really showing me how unconscious those thoughts are, but they're happening all of the time. And so... I have found worship music to be a way that I take every thought captive unto Christ. So I'm no longer um, passively just thinking about what I'm thinking about, thinking about what I'm feeling, thinking about what I want or don't have. I'm, I'm listening. And so even if it's on in the background, I'm listening and my mind is being filled with scripture, with like praises unto God. So it's like 
my mind is coming up mm-hmm. out of the natural, and I'm living w- where I live. I'm thinking of, I, I think it's Colossians. Mm-hmm. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So I'm like coming up out of the natural, everything around me that's telling me this is it, this is reality, but I'm coming into the supernatural by listening to worship. Yeah. Seek what is above. That's it. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. that That's literally the scripture. Yeah. I figured because you said caution. Yeah. What a team. Together we get, together we got it. <laughs> Some of it. First half, second half. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> okay, so St. Teresa of Avila, I believe it's an interior castle. She talks about when you come into prayer, mental prayer, contemplative prayer. So this is assuming that you're spending time in silence and solitude or developing a, mm-hmm. a spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. That Sometimes once we get into the silence, it takes a lot to even get there. There's a ton of distraction. <laughs> totally. We come with like a lot of intentions. You know, we've we've got things kind of on the surface level of our heart, which are emotional and probably feel pretty urgent. Yeah. But as we press in, like press through that level, sometimes deeper psychological things start to surface. And I think in the silence, if you've ever tried to make more regular or or take longer periods of silence in prayer. I wonder if you've run into this, that sometimes really painful things start to surface, like this deep feeling like I, I'm not hearing anything and I feel really lonely, so maybe I am all alone. Or like you're in a peaceful place. I've had this experience and I'm so connected to the Lord. And then like, boom, this vivid memory. Mm. of a betrayal or my own sin, like a visceral experience of shame will just wash over me. Mm -hmm. And that can be very, very discouraging. But St. Teresa of Avila says that, again, a paraphrase, essentially, if you just give it about 30 minutes, it's never going to get more intense than that. What? Isn't that so interesting? I have never heard this. Yeah, I, I heard it on another podcast with a brilliant doctor who was teaching on Teresa of Avila. Yeah, but give it about 30 minutes. And because it feels like the pain is so impatient. The pain is like, notice me, do something about me, which is, I think, a lot of times why we're reaching for these wants, because we're trying to numb out the pain or or keep it at bay, you know? But Teresa of Avila is saying, mm, give it about 30 minutes. Like, wow. the wave will will wash over. That's not her. She doesn't say that. But <laughs> essentially, like, it's never going to get worse than in those 30 minutes. Wow. Because don't you sometimes, I've had people say this to me, like, if I really feel that, if I really go there with the Lord, if I open up this thing to Him, I'll die. Like, mm-hmm. the pain is so, I've said those words. I feel like that I will die. It's so painful. It's it's a crushing thing. Some of these deeper beliefs and I don't know, like unwelcomed grief, you know, like unfelt grief. Yeah. If we really, if we lift up the rug, everything we've swept under there, it'll be so overwhelming to us. Like I won't be able to function. I won't be able to like mm-hmm. take care of my kids. Right. But 
It's not true, according to Teresa Vavala. <laughs> Have you tried it? <laughs> Have I tried it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like I tried every day. I've been trying it for. I mean that in the sense of like sometimes when I'm met with discouragement in any way. Yeah. Super distracted. I'm like, is this even worth it? Mm-hmm. Wh- where, what's happening in my brain, in my heart? Yeah. What, this, what, what's going on? Anyone else? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So to hear her say like, just wait 30 minutes. Yeah. And there's going to be like a click back or a connection. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you'll I just give up. You'll settle or or the wave will recede. Yes. Yeah. So has there been a moment where you want to give up and you don't? Oh, sure. I mean, this is very Ignatian as well. Okay. Is it Ignatius that says this? Uh, it's in one, it's one of the rules for discernment where, where he talks about staying true to our commitments to prayer. And so the example that I would always give when I'm teaching on the rules would be if you've made a commitment to a holy hour and you're feeling nothing, you're not connected, you're frustrated, you're, you know, you're distracted, you've got somewhere to be anyway, and like this feels very unproductive. So you're like, ah, it's 9.55. Like, like, that's pretty much an hour. <laughs> so Ignatius would say to, like, push against that and not only keep the commitment that you made in consolation, but to actually, like, go the extra mile. <laughs> Jesus says that, too. Like, if someone mm. if someone puts you under duress, like, if they want your cloak, give them your whatever, too. This paraphrase. We should title this whole podcast season, Beth Paraphrasing. <laughs> the sacred text. Scripture. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so we like we like push against it by actually giving more. And it's it's like saying to the enemy, like, you yeah. I'm not listening to you. I'm I'm listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd. Like I'm not gonna be convinced that this is worthless. No matter how I feel, I'm gonna stay. And Jesus says to St. Faustina, like, I save the greatest graces for the last few minutes of prayer. Crazy. That has gotten me to stay so many times. I can't even tell you when I'm like, well, so much for that. And then I'm like, oh, there's like five minutes left. Like, it's about to get really good. I'm serious. (laughs) And it's true. It's been true for me. It's so cool. Yeah. I'm very grateful for this conversation because I feel like in my own life— I think I primarily have two vices that are masking the deeper want in my life. One would be uh, my phone. Mm. I wouldn't even just say social media. I would say my phone because that could be watching something too because I watch things on my phone. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Or food. Yeah. It's funny to hear us talk because if you haven't picked up on it, like I have a lot of big feelings. Like I'm I'm in the deep all the time with the Lord and on my own in the deep, you know? <laughs> and so for me, I'm like trying to calm that. Okay. I'm trying to console myself. Yeah. And I think that's either distracting myself. Oh. Or like treating myself. Yeah. Like here, just eat something, you'll feel better, you know? Yeah. And neither of those things are productive for me. Hmm. And I don't always have the wherewithal to say, like, okay, actually, I'm tired. I need some sunshine. I'm not hungry. I'm thirsty. I don't want to feel this, so I want to distract myself by watching that, you know? Yeah. 
I just felt like I should come clean about that. <laughs> Good. We wanted to put all our cards out on the table. I'm just, yeah. yeah. I don't want to be telling you guys what to do as if I've figured it out. Like, yeah. I'm in this every day trying to stay attentive to my own heart and the voice of the Good Shepherd, literally every day. My spiritual director left me with the words, Beth, be vigilant to listen and discern the voice of the Good Shepherd. Mm. And I would say that's true in terms of differentiating between the voice of the accuser, but I would say that's also true in terms of my own thoughts and the way that I, like, want to go to my phone or go to the fridge, you know? I need to pay attention. I need to be vigilant about that voice. Wow. The voice of that want revealing a deeper need. Yeah. So maybe we are saying the same thing. You're talking about wants and I'm talking about needs, but I wonder if our wants are actually pointing to a deeper need. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, tell me how you read that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, meaning I shall not be in want, meaning I'm not going to lack anything that I need. I'm not going to lack anything I need. He'll take care of me. He'll take care of the people that I love. I think practically there is provision in that verse, Mm -hmm. like that God will come through with the finances. Mm. Uh, God will help you with that car repair or (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, make time in your schedule or bring you friends. Like, I, he is that practical. But I also think it's talking about the the needs that we have on an emotional level, an attachment level, this need uh, to be received, a need to serve and, like, have purpose. I think he's all of that. Mm-hmm. He's the fulfillment of all of our wants and needs, our desires and dreams. He's everything. Mm -hmm. But there's something, I think, in that verse, I shall not want, that's specific to the shepherd. If the Mm. Lord is my shepherd, that means I shall not want. Yeah. I think it could be a part of it, the like depth of trust we have in him. Mm. I think what I... I said, I kind of alluded to it earlier, like, if this is where God has me because he's my shepherd. Yes. I'm not here alone. He led me here on purpose. He's not going to leave me alone. He's going to walk me through it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's good. Yes. (laughs) So that title really does encompass. It's crazy good. Every season of our lives. Every movement, every moment, every want and need is somehow met in God as shepherd. Yes. The good shepherd. Nucleus. It's the nucleus. It's also nuclear. It's both. (laughs) And. Whoa! Did you see what I did there? I brought that all the way around. Mutually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Jenna, will you pray? Yes. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for uh, this moment, God, for our gaze to turn to you yet again, as if for the very first time. Thank you for your leadership, God, for leading us to this very moment, for being with us, for caring for us. 
Father, uh, if we have never done this, I ask that you give us the grace to surrender to you, that instead of pummeling forward or or being self-reliant, God, that we would have the grace in this moment to let our guards down and to step aside for you to lead us, for you to be our shepherd. Father, as if it were for the very first time, we place our trust in you. Thank you, Lord. Mother Mary, please teach us how to love your son, how to trust your son, just like you did. We pray all this in your son's most holy and glorious name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Jenna. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.